Hello, my good friends. So uh, today is a good one. My guest is a lovely young lady. She goes by the name of Jessica Agomba. And if there's one thing I like about Jess, apart from her banter, it's got to be that she's a very, very nice person. Very nice. And I think that goes a long way just in life. All right. So I've got a lot of time for her. She's a singer, a songwriter, an all-round creative person. And when I was doing this, I thought she'd be a cool person to have a chat with because a lot of girls and guys out there have aspirations. But when those aspirations don't play out exactly as you initially planned, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to know when to merge lanes. And I think Jessica's done an amazing job at exactly that. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Let's go. All right, Jess, Jessica, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Actually, before I ask about music, mm-hmm. the surname, Jessica Agomba. Yeah. yeah. You, you look like your name should be, I don't know, it's Jessica, Smith. Jess, no, like Rachel. Rachel, like, no, Ra- no Miley. My, like your surname, Rachel Miley. Oh, okay, Rachel, yeah. Like, the surname That's is That's quite I mean. cute. Jessica Agomba. Where did Agomba come from? Um, well, we've researched as much as we can. And it goes back to France somewhere. France? Yeah. That sounds... Uh, but, that, Agomba? Agomba. Yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah, but apparently it was shortened. The name was longer. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 do you know what it was before? No, I'm not too sure, but there... Uh, so uh, how do you know it was longer then? Because my family went back to like a graveyard. Some, this is such a random story. Somewhere in a village in France... And they see like um, a name that was a little bit longer and apparently they were our ancestors. But the name got shortened when the Agumbar family come from France to East London because the English couldn't pronounce the name. Oh, do you know they what? They still can't pronounce the name. I'm Nigerian. We, so like so many people, that that's what happened with us. You know? Yeah. So many people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty much the same as that. So your name gets shortened or abbreviated. Um, but yeah, everyone assumes the name is West African. So there's no hidden, I don't know, story about Nigeria, some kind of relation to West Africa in, in any way. I'd, I'd need to find that out. I can't say it because I've not looked into it. I need to, I need you, to. You look just said you the... looked into it. You said, I can't say it because I've not looked into it. But I've, I've, I've looked into it and it's a longer name. But, but we I can't can only it get it... back to France. That's the thing. But it's not a French oh. name. Although there's a lot of um, Africans in France, though. That's right. So, exactly. So maybe. so maybe it got shortened, abbreviated. Yeah. They came to East London. Yeah. They settled in Bethnal Green. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. And I've still got the same name. <laughs> so I'm really holding strong. I think they had a different accent, though. Most definitely would have had a different accent yeah. to this. Your accent is just... It, it's. I don't notice I've got an accent until people what? tell me I've got an accent. You don't notice you've got an accent? No, not at all. Actually, okay. I was in the studio last week um, with an artist. Uh, it was Rita Aurora, and she oh, Rita Aurora. Yeah, and on the second day, yeah. she just took to doing everything in my accent. That's what happens, you see. And like, I was like, Rita, you sound like you could be my sister. <laughs> and she was like, All right, bye. <laughs> but she was legitimately like Cockney for for the whole session. That is exactly like what. The East London accent does to me as well. Yeah, yeah. it's infectious, I think. But I think accents are because they're just part of your character. But I can't get rid of mine. I remember when I was um, signed to Atlantic Records years ago and I was in a band and I had an interviewer say to me, but you don't actually talk like that, do you? (laughs) And I was like, what? And then 20 minutes into the interview, she was like, but that's not really how you talk and I was like no this is this is my accent this is I watch a lot of EastEnders and yeah. this is what it does to you it makes you talk like this yeah but it, it would be exhausting to to put on an accent that's like Beyonce right that's what happened with Beyonce apparently with so I've heard Texan, that Texas yeah accent mm. yeah yeah all right so um when I first got my break mm. you go on the road and you see loads of other artists trying to come through yeah so yeah. you know in my case yeah i was signed to sony records going around big budget but there used to be a lot of um radio like party in the parks yeah all I the radio stations them. up and down the yeah. country used to be party in the park so you'd see a lot of either local artists or um artists that aren't local but they've got a budget or some kind of manager yeah, on their way to yeah, get they're on the signed. come up yeah on the come up there we go <laughs> they're on the come up lamar just say on the come up all right they're on the come up so um 
around that time, you see loads of artists, but you see loads of boy bands, loads of girl bands. Because yeah. obviously at the time there was, I don't know, like Westlife, and yeah. Boyzone and totally. Spice Girls and All Saints, loads of girl bands yeah. and boy bands. And when I spoke to you, obviously I met you as a singer, mm. songwriter. Mm. But then you said, oh yeah, I used to be in a band. I used to be in a band. And I thought, do you know what? I'm sure there's a load of girls out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it is now, whether that's still the aspiration to be yeah. in a girl band or a boy band, but there are loads of uh, girls and boys out there who would like to be in the music industry. Mm. It works for some, it doesn't for some. It moves some onto another path, which is still successful. Yeah. When you look from the outside, people think about music and think, I want to be the lead person. They don't see the mix engineer, the accountant, the lawyer. The, the machine behind yeah, it. Yeah, the people who make it, the people who move on to other things, the people who write the songs for the people who make it. They, they mm-hmm. don't see all of that. So I thought a cool bit about your story when you said, oh, I was in a girl band. I was like, oh, really? And then you showed me some pictures. I might try and sneak one of you and uh, and yeah, put, it on, <laughs> put it up there. If I can bend your arm after this. No. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to know, how did you how did you get into music? How did you, did you always want to be in a girl band initially? Was that what it was? Or you just kind of got pulled into it or what? Talk no, to me. It was, it was never ever my aspiration to be in a girl band ever. Right. And the only reason I say that is because um, I always from a kid loved music just in general. So right. for me, that didn't really come into like a shape or a form of being like, I'm going to be the star on stage or even I'm going to work at the label or I'm going to be a dancer on tour with the artist. It just come in the form of I love music in every single capacity. I'm a geek in music where I am obsessed with the rule and the science and the chemistry almost of the formula of a pop song. So that for me, I suppose down the line years on showed me that I can be a songwriter, which I didn't know at the time. But then I also used to love to sing. So then that would be my outlet for artistry. Your what? Your outlet. Outlet, yeah. Outlet. Outlet for artistry. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that means outlet. Outlet (laughs) as in (laughs) way to let something out. All right, cool. (laughs) And then also because I'm so business orientated because of my upbringing. Your upbringing? What do you mean? Work hard. Just because of the, I think, the morals installed into you. Maybe if you are from Randir or from a working class background. It's Randir because people listening Bo to that right East, is. Yeah, Bo, East London. I come from a very big, like traditional company family right. where you just work from young and you almost are basically a workhorse. Okay. Workhorse <laughs> from young. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> so basically, I think even if you do have the creativity or the passion, if there's not that resilience in work ethic, I don't know whether you, do, you can sort of, I don't know, achieve exactly what you want. But because I had all three, the geekiness of like, say, making a pop song and- Well, hold on, what's geeky about making a pop song? Do you know what? I think some, you've got two types of creatives in my mind. You've got those kind of like creatives like Kanye West that are just really eccentric and they're not methodical. And well, he probably is because he's an amazing businessman, but- I feel like they act on passion and there's like a thin line between eccentricity and talent. And then you've got like people in business that are talented and somewhat creatives, but they can work at the label. I feel like I'm kind of in between the two because of my work ethic and because what I'd like to say talent and my passion. So I always felt like I could do either or I could be in the music business, so to speak. And I don't know, do quite well at radio plug-in. I know we're slightly going <laughs> off topic here, but no, it's still but, the same, also, same music, yeah. but also I could sing and I could dance. So for me, I just loved music, but the way I came into being musical rather than behind the scenes was I said to my mum, I wanted to do music. She had no idea what to do with me because she's not in music, nor is my dad. Uh, um, what does your mum do? My mum's a teacher. Dad? My dad is a businessman. A businessman? Yeah. Well, we're in East London and you're saying he's a businessman. So I don't no, know. He's got his what, own, does he's got, <laughs> what does that mean? He's got his own business. He's got his own properties. Yeah. Construction. Um, not construction, yes. no. You offend me, I'm going to bury you, all right? I'm in construction. <laughs> <laughs> East London. Yeah, but yeah, neither of them was in music. So they was like, we, we don't know what to do with you. So we're going to have to just send you to like, I don't know, Italia Conti, Sylvie Young, the Brit School. But my thing was like, no, no way. I'm not going to any of them schools. I'm not a drama school kid. 
I knew that I was different to kids there years ago when I was younger because of the way I spoke as well. Why do you why do you say you're not a drama kid? Like what? Why? Because my idea of that was jazz hands. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that at nah, all. Yeah, my yeah. my idea of um, like my idol was Lisa Mafia. When I see like Lisa. Lisa Lisa Mafia on the Brits, I was like. She don't look like she went to Sylvia Young. Like, <laughs> jazz hands. You don't see jazz hands yeah, there, do I? No. And then, um, so basically I ended up going to a place called Anna Fiorentini, which- Anna Fiorentini? That sounds yeah. like Brit school, mate. What's that? So it was a tiny, t- I went there years ago. I went, it was a tiny school um, in the middle of Kingsmead Estate in Homerton. And at first I think my mum and dad sent me there because they were like, well, you're not going to be hanging around on the streets. So you can go there. Okay. Right. And then weirdly, casting directors started coming down, but we weren't trained. And we were there doing an hour of dance, an hour of like singing, an hour of drama, but loving it and being like, I can us lot from Bo and Hackney get into the industry. Um, and then we started taking auditions and we started knocking them out of the park because <laughs> I think it was just raw talent yeah. at its finest. Yeah, I think that's important. When, when something's raw, there's something that's... There's an yeah. essence that's in it. Once it starts getting refined, it can yeah. leave something. But, and we wasn't. And then one audition was, I was so young at the time, I was 17. One audition was for a girl band at Ministry of Sand. Does that mean they're that young? It is real. Not now. Well. Not now for this new age of generation where they're uploading on TikTok. For me, 17 from Bo, back then I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. know where I'm going. I've never even been to like West End on my own. Central London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on my own. Like, I've not even been out of boat. Have you, uh, are you on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. I just feel weird I can't, doing it's it. It's hard to understand that way. It it's is. so fast paced. Like, I enjoy watching it. And then I'll find myself going down a rabbit hole. And 45 minutes later, I'm watching someone do like a spoof of like Ross from Friends. And I'm like, <laughs> how did I get here? So no, I can't, I can't be doing with TikTok, yeah. but. All right, but yeah, 17, 17. So 17, went to the Ministry of Sound audition. It was for a girl band. I said to my agent, I don't want to be in a girl band. I don't even know why you're sending me it. It was all of that and more. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short, walked in. There was girls doing backflips, the splits. They were all like dressed up to the lines. You know, that typical like yeah. audition vibe. Yeah, yeah. The, the opposite of what I feel like I could have brought to the table that day. I just went and stood at the back on my own and <laughs> sat down and chilled. To cut a long story short, we did like an hour of choreography. They did an interview. I think they asked me to sing a song and I think I sung Jill Scott. Jill I, Scott? Yeah, I was nice. 17 at the time. Do you remember time. which one? I can't remember what song it was, but yeah. I remember the judge or whoever it was on the panel, the industry panel was like, that's really weird. Like um, Jill Scott for a 17 year old. Every, I think everyone else at the time was just singing like Britney. If All I'm right. honest, so it, hit me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little, it was a little bit different. Yep. Um, and I was like, "You're in," and I couldn't believe it. I thought, "Why are they? Why have they chose me for this girl band? This is very strange." Within a week, I was. Are you a, happy though for it? Like, yeah, I was happy because yeah. I got a job. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> it means I can graft. Once I do this, then I'll move on. Next minute, I'll have, a, yeah. I'll have an empire. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. So, um, within a week, I was at Xenomania Records. Um, Brian Higgins, Miranda Cooper, they was obviously nice, responsible man. for Girls Aloud, Cher, Sugar Babes, yeah. and everyone in between at that point. So as far as girl bands and knowing what needs to be done with them, mm. you were in the in the perfect place. Yeah, completely yeah. perfect place. And then the A&R that signed us to Ministry of Sound left and went and got a better job at Atlantic. Oh. So, um, so to speak, his baby was still contractually banned to Ministry of Sand, yeah. yet the A&R had gone. That happened so much. That yeah. happened so much. It's yeah. really, and I know that that's really common now. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it. So they pulled us in, dropped us, and I was 18 at the time. And I just thought, oh, well, I've not wasted a year. I can just go out and do these open mics in Camden, start doing all my reggae music that I love. <laughs> so started doing that. And then I got a call back from Xenomania and they said, we've got an idea, we're... um." We're doing a soundtrack to a film called St. Trinian's The Movie. Do you want to meet the director? We think he might want to put you in the film. But that's all right. And I was like, well, that sounds like a good job, bro. He Why said, not? can you act? I said, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> I can do anything. I'm from East London. <laughs> I'm a crafter. <laughs> and then I had to obviously go and see my friend who was in EastEnders at the time and had been for six years and he's an incredible actress. Yeah. Um, yeah, who, who's that? Belinda Awusu. Um, okay. who I went to Anna Fiorentini yeah. Theatre and Film School with. She actually oh, nice. got her first casting for EastEnders, her first ever audition yeah, and got, got it. it straight away because Boom. of that raw talent that I'm talking about. So it was like 
we hadn't gone to all of these schools. And then I sat down with her. I said, I've just been given a, a role in a film, which is quite a big mo- like movie. St. Trinian's, Russell Brand's in it, Gemma Arterton, Colin Firth is in it. Nice. Um, and I've got a role and I've got a speaking part. So sat down and went through the- Speaking part? Yeah. You're going to play an American. Well, I can't though, because this is how I talk. <laughs> oh, but I was playing myself. This is the thing. That's all right. I was playing Jess, the rude girl. I'm not the a rude, rude girl, girl at all, but that was the role. Sat down with her, went through the script, and she just went, Jess, you're terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. And we went over and over and over the script. <laughs> but my thing was, I oh, I really wanted to excel in acting, and she helped me. We went over and over it. I refined it. Did she genuinely say, you're terrible? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was absolutely shocking. But I, Do you know what, though? It's good. I think it's really good when someone's honest, though. Yeah, and like, she's my friend and she's, like, yeah. respected in her craft. And, like, <laughs> she was young. We was young at the time. We're 19. She's on EastEnders smashing it. Do you know what? At that point, it's either you say, Do you know what? All right. <laughs> I'll take that on the chin yeah, and I'll yeah. dig harder, dig deeper, East London. Yeah. Or I say, Do you know what? All right. Well, I've got to go for you. it. Yeah. But I went for it and I went and met with the director. Obviously, I got the part. Yeah. Started filming. I said, come on then, the work paid off. You got the part. It was inc- it's the best job I've ever had. Our, oh, it was absolute anarchy on set. We just got to have so much fun. It was all about like female empowerment. And So you want to be, an, uh, you wanna be uh, an actor really then? No. No? <laughs> no. But I loved it. It was the best job I've had. But the reason why I did it was because on my bucket list, I've always had that I wanted to be involved in a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's like a moment in history and a moment in time. Yeah. But and you just said that. Mm. You, it was the best job you ever had up to that point or I see it as a that? job I see it as a job though not passion career All right. but yeah up until all that time maybe yeah definitely it was the best job I had so and then, someone called you today and said look we've got a movie next week I'd say can I, I play you... myself oh yeah play, <laughs> playing Jess because there's no other accent that you can do right <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, would you say yes or not I'd jump at the chance yeah so you don't, so I what did, then? No, do you know what? I loved it. I loved it. Right. Like to, to be able to say I've been in a, I'm a songwriter, but I've been in a, in a, in a movie and yeah. went to the premiere and all of that jazz. Yeah, that's good. Look. It was incredible. But the, the catalyst of that was, I'm so happy I took that job because I remember being in my trailer one day. We just finished one of the scenes. I, I was in the school band in St. Trinian's, the film is the second movie. And St. Trinian's um, 2. St. Trinian's 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. And I play a jeweler in it. So they bring a ring to me. I'm go and I'm that. like trying to, they're asking me how much it is. I'm going to go and check it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Enjoy. That's yeah. What I'm <laughs> going to do that. That's what I'm going to say. But yep. I got a call whilst I was in my trailer. It was from the original A&R that had signed me at Ministry of Sand. Moved to Atlantic, right? That had moved to Atlantic and said, we're having auditions for a girl band. Do you want Again? to come back to Atlantic? It's going to be a bigger budget. I couldn't follow that girl band through to this label. We're going to, It's a bigger budget. You're going to be flying to LA to work with Rihanna and Gaga's team. Are you in? I said, no, nah. there's no like, what, there's why? no way you can't pull my arm because I'd been through it. I'd been shelved for a couple of years. Yeah. I'd See, that's that. another thing. I don't, I don't think people realize like a lot of people just want to get signed. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, if you know the mechanics of it, then mm. you understand that unless the A&R man signs you, yeah, not, not, the, yeah. not the, you know, of anyone course. below, unless the A&R yeah. man signs you mm. and is in good favour with the record label mm. and can get the right budget. Yeah. Unless that happens, it can be a really, really frustrating yeah, it's uh, a slog. thing. Because being yeah. creative, I think it takes energy, even though it's just writing a song or just singing or just yeah, getting on stage and yeah. having fun. There's an energy that goes into... Uh, putting your either your heart into a record or into a performance. It really gets you to the point of mental exhaustion, especially like you said, if you are putting your heart and soul into a song. I actually did take him up on his offer though. I said no initially. <laughs> <laughs> then you put the phone there and he thought, I'm from East <laughs> London, I'm a grafter, picking up the phone, I'm in. <laughs> I put the phone down and then the casting agent called me and she said, just come to the audition. I said, I can't go through one of them. Casting it? Oh, for the girl yeah, band? Yeah, for the I girl band. I thought you talking acting again. Like. No, and I just thought, oh, I can't buy the experience that that would give me going to LA and working with Gaga's team. Yeah, I, no, I can't. can't buy that experience. So um, I went to the audition. I had no hopes of getting in. The girls were amazing vocally, the way they danced, the way they looked. They were incredible. Yeah, There was yeah. thousands and thousands of girls. Anyway, I got into the band. I don't know how. Nice. Um, signed a record deal a week later. 
a week later moved to Fulham was in a seven bedroom house with the girls oh I see they put you in one house yeah to bond yeah exactly did, did, that did, did everyone get on we- <laughs> <laughs> I like the big swallow there no we oh, were wow. we were we had a packed mentality so we'd argue between us in our ass but as soon as the label or the management tried to say anything, we were like a pact. Anything, anything that would break you up. Yeah, no, no. So that we the money would that. be affected. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, we put our differences aside, right? I mean, London, we graft, we stick together. It's money, all right? But that was the best experience of my life. The best and worst in ways. Just because. Best it, because. Um, I went on the road, toured with Shakira. It's a good place, isn't it, the road? Yeah, um, I loved it because the label weren't there to stress us and it was just the five of us <laughs> girls together. And when we were together and it was only us, we were at our best. We were like sisters and we really, really looked out for each other. When outside influence came in, we just got stressed. So that was that was the worst part of it? The, the, the worst or? part of it was being in LA, 7 a.m. in the morning, having not slept for two days, having an A&R scream in my face. Whoa. Tell me go and put makeup on and get in the kitchen because Chris Brown and Justin Bieber are in there and you need to go and flirt with them. Oh gosh, here we go. And hey. at that point I was like, I'm not sure if I really want to be in this. I'm right getting now. a flat home. Yeah, I'm getting a flat home. At that point I was like, I ain't in it for this. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but other good parts of it were I got to- Did you put the makeup on? <laughs> <laughs> I went down, not because they told me to, but I mean. I had my pyjamas on. And, I remember and we had our nice pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> we had our pyjamas on at the time yeah. and we was just like, we can't do this anymore. And I think we just fell asleep. We had one, two girls in one room singing like an R&B song. Yeah. Uh, I think me in one room tracking a pop ballad, another girl doing an EDM dance track. And we didn't know what day it was. They were just working us. And I think we come home not knowing while we'd gone and been put under that much pressure. But when you're signed to a major label and you're a manufactured artist, they're throwing money at you and throwing stuff at a wall and just hoping something fits yeah. and sticks. And I think that's what they was doing with us. So then when they released our first single, they didn't have any idea it was going to chart. So when we charted top 10, that's they right. were like, this is incredible, but we actually don't know what to do like next. There's nothing, there's nothing, we haven't got a second single. There's nothing ready. Yeah. So I, I said, I remember having a conversation with the A&R and I was saying like, that you've not got time to to learn. Like this is my career. This is my life. They don't see it as that. They see it as business. That's exactly. the thing. One, the second that it change, it turns from, oh, I'm making some songs and I want to be in a band or I can sing and I want to be mm, in a band. Or, mm. The second it crosses and someone's spending money, yeah. that's now a business. Yeah, yeah. And they want a return on their investment and um, quick time as well. Yeah. yeah. The problem is sometimes, like like it sounds like in your case, the direction can be lost because. If the direction is coming from the band, yeah, yeah, it's fine. If the direction is coming from the person in the office, yeah, yeah, then what is the second thing? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, they don't. They know. don't know how they got the yeah. first one. So what's the second one? They don't. I know, think you know, little so. did they know as well that they had five girls that had an opinion, had a voice, yeah, and wanted to learn and wanted to write and were writers, but yeah. they didn't have time for that. We ain't got time for you to yeah, yeah, get yeah, in yeah. and um, learn. I know for a lot of girl bands, it's here's the songs. It's a hit. Sing it. It was exactly that? that. And okay. one of us would be like, I despise it. The other would be like, I love this song. And then the other one would be like, I'm not singing on that. And there then the go. other one would be like, I've not got any vocals on this. So it's like, I'm not even in the band. Oh, so it would- That, that chestnut, that, yeah. that one always happens, like, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like some beautiful person yeah. or some handsome dude, whatever it is, Yeah. just in the corner. Just but that's the thing. We, we all could sing and we was all willing to learn and wanted to write, but- they just didn't have time. So they was like, right, we've got to do this, girls. You go in with, um, I think Emily Sande wrote some of our stuff. Um, Alan Sampson, who writes for like uh, Zayn Malik. Emily Sande before Emily Sande became Emily Sande or Emily Sande. Just before, yeah. Just before. Yeah, just before. All right, before. so she was, she was just being supported. Because right? sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, once a writer has a hit with someone, mm, mm. then they just put them on everything as if exactly. writing that one song means that they, you, everything that you write now is not. I've never really quite understood that. It's yeah. like, you can have a good day in the studio or a bad day. It doesn't, you know. Do you know what? You're right. It was around the time as well that she was bubbling because she had like a song with Chipmunk at the time where she was on the yep. hook, but she wasn't in the video. That went to number one. Yep. She started writing for us. Nice. Um, we loved what Emily wrote for no, us. No, she's a brilliant writer. As well. Brilliant she's writer. absolutely yeah. incredible. But I just feel like our job in that girl band was to get up, work out, um, 
we were told to eat baby food, so we all lost weight. Go away. No, I'm being Stop serious. It. Date celebrities. Which, eat baby food so that you lose weight. Yeah, so that we just looked tinier. This was in 2011 You're and 12. Anyway. I know. This I want to put and this on is weight. you now. Like when you were yeah. 17, it's like yeah, come yeah, on. or 18, whatever it is. Yeah. So this was a this was a couple of years on. This must be now. 20 i'm i'm 20 now 20 um but was all tiny girls so it was we was like pushed to just look good girls and that's it and just perform Mm. um i'm saying all of this by the way i was signed to atlantic records they were amazing they were like the radio team incredible atlantic records like our management incredible yeah but we was a in music at the time where it was so fast paced, we're manufactured. So just shush, get on stage. And get on stage and be happy. Exactly. Like you're getting your dream. Yeah, Wake yeah. Wake up now. Go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But um, I always felt thankful to be in that position. You've got to think as well, this A&R, um, it was Ben Cook. He'd signed me twice in my life. Okay. So he signed me at Ministry of Sound, then he signed he really me again yeah. at Atlantic Records. So yeah. that was a second time. Um, but everything surrounding it was a little bit mad. And then I think I got my first glimpse of not really loving that kind of life as an artist when we got followed home by a paparazzi after we went to radio one, oh, yeah, yeah. we got, um, we was in the top 10 and then I think we had like a magazine shoot or something after that. And then we got followed home by a paparazzi. And I think I was a little bit like, don't like that. Oh, I'm, I'm not in it for this. Yeah. I don't really like that. And that was like my first glimpse. And luckily it was a taster because after that we got a top 40 and then we disbanded because the record label didn't have another song for us. So we got dropped, we disbanded. It's and probably luckily, because they didn't have enough, like more money. Maybe they'd spent so much initially. They had absolutely they blown really, the budget. I'm yeah. talking hundreds and hundreds yeah. of thousands. Someone explained this to me once. If you're Coca-Cola and you're marketing Coke, if you put yeah. the Coke can there, it's there. It doesn't yeah. have feelings. It doesn't need makeup. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't need a hairdo. None yeah. of it, right? So then you go to a human being, say a guy, mm-hmm. might be a little bit less maintenance in that, you know, we might need slightly less. Yeah. But it's still a person with emotions and they yeah, might not yeah. want to sing a song or da da da, you of know. Of course. And then you put it to five girls together or four or two or whatever Multiply it is. Multiply that by five, yeah. Yeah, because you've got hair now, you've got makeup, you've got, you know. Wardrobe, everything. Wardrobe, all this, yeah. yeah. And it is, in a lot of cases, about appearance. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the money can rack up quite quickly yeah the, bu- the budget just went but weirdly enough when we did get dropped off I, f- I felt huge relief yeah because then the pressure of being one-fifth of who i was so to speak also i guess you've been there before as well when when it comes because yeah the dropping thing it can you know it can feel like how dare you yeah yeah, you know? yeah. i remember when i first um just digress when i I first got signed to, was it Sony? No, BMG, way back in the day when I was, yeah, like, I don't know, yeah. 18 or 19. Yeah. And similar thing, the person that signed me to the label, he uh, ended up leaving. Okay. And then I was there, so they dropped his entire label that they'd given him. I think the label was Emancipation, but they they, they dropped that whole yeah, label, so I was on it. Um, And it kind of felt like, oof. Yeah. Oof. Mm. All right, fair enough. You yeah, know? of course. Um, but I guess, you know, if you've gone through it the second time, mm. you've especially after having experienced everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, on the road and the pressure and going to America. So I guess that whole, the gloss of it, mm, it had mm. been removed. What was it? You know, when you look through rose-coloured glasses, glasses rose-tinted glasses, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's gone. You're looking through clear glasses now. Yeah, like, I you know what? See. It's a bit of pressure. Don't like the paparazzi yeah, part. Yeah, you know? totally. And I think yeah. as well, I thought we did achieve so much. We had a top 10 record and a top 40. And not everyone can say that. And a lot of people that I did come up with, as we said earlier, with like loads of other bands and other artists, they didn't get to that height even. And no, we didn't have five number one singles, but we charted. So I always, always said when we was dropped, I said to the girls, listen, if we can tell our kids in the future that we got, these records, top 10, yeah. yeah, top yeah. 10. Like, Traveled the world, went to, you know, yeah. America. We, we you know that, that in, behind the scenes, you sung songs from yeah. great writers. You've done exactly. that whole bit. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the way I looked at it. I always, always take a positive from every situation. East London, you keep on. Yeah. That's what it is. But for me, I was like, well, amazing. Because now I can take time off, can perfect my craft, which I've always wanted to do, which is songwriting. And I don't need to be in a girl band. I can now... Uh, take as long as I want to write songs. Yeah. So how old are you then when that, that, that chapter closed? 
I think I must have been about 25 at that point because we were in... It, That's quite a, some time then because you said like eating baby well, food at 20. Right? Yeah, I was eating baby food at 20. <laughs> for, four, for five years, right? And you're 25 <laughs> then. You must have we been a We were stick. actually in production for a year and a half doing boot camp, choreography sessions, weight training. Putting in the hours. Literally singing lessons, writing sessions, meeting with stylists for a year and a half before even like going anywhere to make a record. So you were ready for it. Yeah, and then we were out for about a year and a half. So, and then a year after. So altogether, yeah, I was probably around 25 at the time, I think, which was a good age for me to decipher what I actually wanted to do next in the industry. And there was a moment after that where Atlantic Records called me back up and was like, do you know what? We've got a job going what? here. As oh, a job. I thought yeah, you were going to say. Again, got, <laughs> not again. Got a third girl band. This one's it though. I promise you. Yeah. Like, uh, no. No way. No way. Like I said, the first two times and yeah, still ended but up this time you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't call No, they said, oh, we've got a job proposition because like you're so, I was definitely the one in the band that was quiet. I used to love talking to the accountant. I love talking to the lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah, of course. I love no, that's that's how I am. I like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I always liaised with the label. I was the one that would call the A and R. So I was very business orientated, even from a young, young age. So they said to me, "Oh, like your your love for music or whatever. Why don't you come and do radio plugging for Atlantic?" All right. And for a moment, that's I different. was like, "This is different. Yeah. This is great." Yeah. And then I thought, no, do you know what? Something's telling me in my gut, I yeah. need to follow being a creative for a little bit longer to see yeah. what it, see what comes f- from me. The gut is a very important thing. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah. nine times out of 10, it's yeah. right. It might be really hard what it's telling you to do yeah. or not make sense. And take but you a lot you longer. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because at the time I'd just been dropped by a label. I was living, had to move out of Fulham come back to my oh, parents yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I was like okay this is a big change I hate change I'm a tr- creature of habit but I was like yeah I need to embrace this went straight back to work started working for a bank um you just sound like me that's what I did did you really <laughs> yeah I left here I went to work at NatWest Bank and then yeah. um and then I got you know uh, my proper shot which then led yeah. to, to everything so yeah which is why you are where you are today which I think is amazing because if you would have chose one other slight of a decision it's completely different and you wouldn't know what the no. other alternative would be you'd just be no. living your life thinking you know see i might be at the label now still being a radio plugger which is amazing and that would have been like um instant money for me but i was like i'm gonna work part-time for a bank and i really need to perfect my craft with songwriting that's good and see where that leads to fingers crossed hopefully a publishing deal but at the time I didn't know whether I could earn anything from a song yeah. at all. So, so you said no to the radio plugin? I said no, stayed friends with everyone at Atlantic and still go into him to this day because it's completely and utterly gone 360 and now their biggest artists are right for. Brilliant. So, what is it they say? Uh, be nice to the people on the way up because you will come down. That's just life. Yeah. And other people will go up. But if you're... I mean, don't, if someone's being bad to you still, you know, yeah, be nice yeah, to them. Yeah. But just generally be nice to people and the good yeah. will uh, sticks around. Do you know what? It's so weird that you say that quote because I was told that whilst I was in the band. Um, oh, is it? Yeah? yeah. They said to me, always, always be nice to people on the way up because on the way back down, you'll, you might need them. Yeah. Or not even might not, might need them, but it's kind of like, it's just, just yeah, it's not even just it's respect. All. There respect we go. Yeah. all. And yeah. I think I had that in me, instilled in me anyway, from my parents yeah. and from my family. Yeah, so I, I couldn't, person, yeah. yeah, I couldn't not respect anyone um, anywhere in any walks of life that I meet. But I think that landed me in good stead to be like, I know where I'm going and I'll always keep that team around me of people. And it's, it's, it's enabled me to go into Atlantic and have a meeting with the A&R or whoever else. And it just be like family, really. yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, sometimes you're on a on a journey in life, you're on a path, and um, while you're on that path, you can just. I think all artists do it. If if I talk to music, but I mm. think just it's a life lesson, really. You know, you're you're on a path and you're just looking forward. Yeah. But sometimes what you ultimately end up doing is slightly to the left or slightly to the right of, of that. Maybe I mean, it's still yeah. a good lesson what you're doing, yeah. but what you're ultimately going to do is just a branch of that. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you got asked to do the radio plugger. You said yeah, no. Yeah, I turned it down. No, thanks. And you went Skin to work for a bank. Skin as well, yeah. Skin, Skin in the time. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at your voice. You don't even know what you're saying. Um, so, yeah. So you went to work for the bank. And then um, how did you then transition into songwriting? Was it still Atlantic was saying, oh, look, we've got an artist. 
you're on the right for no, them or not, what? Not at all. No one, no one cared or wanted to know then. <laughs> I went and done my 10,000 hours, um, North, East, South, West London and anywhere over the UK with anybody that wanted to work with me and write a song with me. So, what was your process? So like you'd be at home. I'd um, hit everyone up. I'd message everyone. I'd just be like, I've just come out of a girl band. I'm, I was doing this kind of music. I want to do this kind of music. Do you want to write with me? I'm doing an artist. Because at this point I was like, I'm going to just quickly do an art, artist project yeah. to differentiate myself from the pop girl band manufactured major label. Yeah. And I'm going to do something independent. That's a little bit left of center. Um, I'm from Bo. I grew up on Graham. Yeah. And I started, <laughs> I think I rapped on a did you, song. Did you, did you become oh, a, a, a reincarnate of uh, Lisa Mafia? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But Lisa Mafia didn't spit, but I thought I wanted to be Miss Dynamite. Salova. It's Salova. I love that song. It to this day, big. I love that song. Yeah, That's the thing. When I see that video, yeah. I was like, yeah, Dreddy's amazing. Yeah. I've never worked with him either, but. Nah? No. He's good people he is, yeah. He yeah. worked on a few songs on my first album. I hook up with him so, in the quite a bit. So Minecraft. talented. Yeah, proper, proper. But when I see it's all over, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But anyway, I started doing an artist project. I was working with everybody and anyone that wanted to collaborate. Did you work with Lisa? Lisa. Lisa. No, I didn't. No. no. But, um, it's on the bucket list. <laughs> exactly, still. Yeah. Um, put out a song independently, funded all by myself. My manager at the nice. time got me a grant from PRS, um, which was incredible. What I was working- So you and, still had a manager? Yeah, I had a manager. Did you stay yeah. with the same ones from- No, Atlanta? no, no. The ones that worked you to your bone? Yeah, no, I didn't. I left no. left them, got um, a manager at the time called Barry Bert. He got me a PRS grant, which was amazing. And then what I was earning cool. from the bank, I was putting into my music. Beautiful. Um, and then, yeah, it got playlisted on Radio 1 Extra. Nice. Video with SBTV. What kind of year was this then? Um, Jamal, yeah? What kind of year was this? This was 2014, I want to say. 14, 15 right. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, because I was still figuring out the whole wow, writing thing. You know, when, you're talk, when people talk mm. about their past, I think past in my mind is a different re reference to past in your mind. Isn't it? So when you say, say 2013, I'm like, other day <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> yeah but it feels oh. like such a long time ago because yeah. of where what i've done since but i remember i was in the bbc radio one building mr jam was doing a live lounge at christmas yeah nice. i did it okay cool and stormzy was just coming out at that point stormzy yeah. was on the lineup i think stylo g was on there yeah a couple of other artists maybe rudimental nice. um I'd put out the song, it had got playlisted on one extra. And as I said, I went polar opposite from the pop thing. Yeah. Because I was like, no one talked to me about this pop about, girl band again. I'm done, I don't want to I don't want to really know. I know it's about yeah. inside and out. So I released a song with my mates, Scratchy and Manga from Roll Deep, who are okay. from Randy, yeah. who are obviously from the same area as me. And as soon as I performed it on Live Lounge, I thought, I don't want to do grime music. I don't. Want to do grime. You don't want to do grime music, yeah? No, I don't want to. What am I doing? But I knew what I was Once doing. Once you performed in my head. it, yeah. Okay. I knew up I, to that point you thought, yeah, 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 this is yeah it. I'm, in it. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. But I think it was like my angst at being almost being dropped, even though I had no ego about being dropped. But it was like, all right, I'm going to do it on my own then. But yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. I will get playlisted on a on BBC Radio yeah. when the label couldn't get yeah, yeah, with yeah. a million pound budget. The girl the band playlisted. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it myself. Yeah. Do you know that's that's the equivalent of. The girl being in a relationship. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, I've broken up now. I'm going to cut my hair, Every, new nails, thingy, short skirt. Yeah, yeah, uh, out on the tan. Go away. It was that. Yeah. It was that for me. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's, it's needed though. Yeah. You need to let it out. It's Artistically, good. it was needed for yeah, me as well because I needed to just try everything. And I tried yeah. it and I realized I'm not doing what I actually want to do. Yeah. And I had Good tune like, though? Huh? Good tune though? When I look back, I can't watch the video because I cringe. Why? What? Just because you're in it? Yeah, but um, I'm, I think I'm just quite like that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm proud of the moves that I've made in order to get me where I've got today. Definitely. Like Definitely. I said to you at the start, I'm a crazy creative, a methodical creative and a business creative, if that even makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And I've tried everything to get to where I am. So I understand that being in the girl band wasn't necessarily for me, but it opened a door to what I wanted to do, which was writing, doing the whole grime thing or like the the rap stuff it was never ever for me but i did it in order to get myself away from what i was doing before so where do you consider or when do you mm. consider you became i mean you were a songwriter obviously yeah because you started hitting up everyone and you know one one thing that i always say i always say like 
you're not a singer or a mm-hmm. songwriter or a manager unless you do the thing that, yeah, you, that you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you know, totally. so you can't say, oh, I'm a songwriter. Who you write yeah. for? Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to, you know, if you yeah, say yeah, you yeah. are something, just go yeah. and do it and then you'll and become that. Yeah, of you know? course. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So you started, but when would you consider that it became like, this is now my bread and butter now? I think, um, well, I had like a eureka moment where I sat with my mate who's an artist himself. You got um, orange thing on your nails. You what? You've got orange thing on your nails. Yes, I have. Oh. Yeah, it's now art. It's okay. quite um, art deco. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Sorry, um, I digress. Go, go so back to it. Yeah, no, I was sitting with my friend Merkston, who is an artist, and I had like a eureka moment because he said to me, I don't think you want to be an artist, you know. And no one had like said that to me. And oh, I, was, yeah. I was quite affronted, but I was like quite, what do you mean? Like, of course I want to be an artist. This is what I've always been doing. What else would I want to be if I didn't want to be an artist? He was like, I don't think you care to be center stage. I don't think you care. I think you're doing this to try and get to wherever you're going. But no one had vocalized that to me. Yeah. And I realized I had to swallow it. And then I thought to myself, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Don't to, care yeah. I really don't care, don't care to be on the stage or yeah. be center of stage. And I thought I need to now, because I've realized this and someone sort of like poked me about it. I've got to go all guns blazing with songwriting. Nice. So um, years previous to that, when I was on the road. Where was that? Sorry, where, where or when? Like, we were sitting in, in the a, UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We was literally, it was after a studio session I'd had with him for his album. All right. Um, we was on the way home and he was talking about my stuff and he was like, you, you don't want to do it. You don't, you don't want to get on stage. When we did a show together at um, Wembley and it was like, it was called Parks pizza fest or some sort of who festival. did the show me and Merkston because we we had a tune together he's a right. rapper we had a tune he's a rapper we had a tune together so we performed together and yeah that's when he said to me like you di- you don't want to get on stage you don't want to <laughs> because you were just like you, d- you didn't care when you're on stage or I'd do it and yeah. I would roll through it and I would make it work I feel like I was just doing these things to get to where I knew I needed to be which was a hit songwriter which is always what I've wanted to do nice. um so yeah, to cut a long story short, years previous to that, when I was in parade and I was doing all of the um, chart, you said it earlier, the party in the park, the, yeah, the party in the park, the, the, like radio, the radio shows, shows in Leeds. Yeah. Backstage, uh, we always used to be on the same um, lineup as Example. Example was smashing it at the oh, time. Yeah, he was yeah. doing arena to- arena tours, and okay. his band and him, I become really cool with. But there was a guy in his band called David Stewart. When I was backstage, I was always sober because I don't drink or take drugs or I've never have. And he was sober. Where are you from? East London. <laughs> I was just, I was just <laughs> And um, we connected because we would just always have a chat backstage. And it turned out that when I started writing again, he was like, yeah, I'm doing production now. And I was like, wicked, because he was part of Examples Band at the time. And he was doing an artist thing. So then he stopped doing his artist project. I stopped doing mine. We come together and then- Made another band. You <laughs> should have done. <laughs> um we did actually what am i talking about we did, did. and we got no. we got signed to rca and it was a band called mad teeth which was really short-lived as well oh yeah that's the next day you, you like that's the next day pairing up with people don't you whoa <laughs> so anyway we wrote lots of songs we started getting in together at his spot in made of Owl, wrote loads and then sent a song off to our publisher at sony because i signed a deal during this part as well to okay. my publishing um, at Stella Songs, Tim and Danny. Same, um, oh, Tim and Danny, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, same um, uh, manager? No, I no. didn't have a manager after, after I decided not to do the artist project anymore. He managed the artist project okay. when I was like doing- One extra. Yeah, okay. that kind right. of stuff. And then yeah. we we parted. It's okay. all cool though. I still see him to this day. Yeah, He's yeah. wicked, Barry. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a manager after that for about four years. Okay. I went and got a publishing deal yeah. on my own. So then that's, so then how did you meet Tim and Danny? Because they're, 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 they're big. Um, for, there's for a the manager. Yeah, they are. There's a manager called um, De Leon who manages an incredible artist called Griff who's signed to Warner at the moment, actually. And um, I've known him. He's a producer. I know him and his partner, Master Steps, from way back in the day. So he just called me and was like, Jess, I've got one of your songs here and I just played it to Danny D at Sony. He was like, where are you? I said, I'm at work. He said, can you leave work now and come to the Sony office? And I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be a meeting where nothing comes from it. And they're just sitting there talking. And yeah. it was no, like, wasn't any badness from me. I just know how meetings go in this industry. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm 10. It's all potential, potential, yeah, potential. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, went to Sony ATV from, straight from the bank. 
sat there and spoke to Danny D for four hours. At the end, four of the, hours. Yeah, this was on the twenty third of December, couple what are you of days about? before Christmas. Four hours. Everything, probably as much as I'm talking right now, Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> so then, at the end of the meeting, he said to me, "Get a lawyer." And then, as soon as he said that, I knew that this man's going to sign me. I think I've got a publishing deal. And he said, who you been working with? I said, everyone and anyone, but David Stewart is the most talented person I've ever met. And he said, okay. And then a couple months after that, I signed. A couple months after that, David Stewart signed to Danny as well. Okay. And since then, we've been working together as like a team. We work separately also, but we work together as a team. And Danny got one of our songs to... Um, it didn't actually end up with her, but he got it to Selena Gomez. She cut oh, it. Nice. She wanted it for her project. Just so happens that a girl that um, David was um, working with at the time, she signed a massive deal to uh, Republic in the US and then the song went back to her. So it's now back to okay. kind of its rightful owner because she co-wrote it with us. Okay. But that okay. was the catalyst for Jonas Brothers, Hayley Steinfeld. Oh yeah, what was the Jonas Brothers one? What, was the name? The what a man got to do. What a man got to do. Yeah. yeah, that's a, it sung very differently to that, but yeah, yeah. I <laughs> nice. like your version though. <laughs> the bass version, the Barry White <laughs> version of, of Jonas Blue. Um, uh, you, you must have been happy when that when that happened because I think that's a th- another thing. The mm. life of a songwriter, mm. um, people always see the hits. Yeah, I know. They don't yeah. see the they don't see the seven hundred and forty songs before before, the, that. before the hit and after totally. that. You know, so um, uh, how how's that journey been? That yeah. that for me that was a pinch me moment, the Jonas Brothers moment, okay. because we were working, working, working during this time as well. I went and signed another artist deal with David Stewart and a producer producer called Stickmatic to RCA to Sony. Matthew, yeah. yeah, and it was it was it was amazing because it was dance music and underground music. Kind of like a... We Not jazz hands. No, <laughs> no exactly that. Um, and we went on tour last year and we went and played Tomorrowland Festival, which is the biggest, which is basically the equivalent of Glastonbury for commercial music. Tomorrowland is huge in dance. Um, and then we played another festival where we supported David Getter. And I had to come to a decision to choose that and put everything into that. Or into go which? with... Into what? Into Mad Teeth as an, art, okay. as an artist yeah. project. Yeah. Or go with songwriting and we just got the, me and David had just got the Jonas Brothers cut. So hold on. So Jonas Brothers cut was happening. Yeah. Then a label signed you or? No, the label signed us. First. Yeah. The label signed us as um, a trio, like a production dance trio. Stickmatic, a producer from North London. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's great because he can bring the authenticity of everything that you grew up listening to in Tottenham. Whereas David can bring amazing like pop commercial value. Yeah, Um, A lot of greatness comes from Tottenham, isn't it? A huge amount of greatness from Tottenham. Oh yeah, of course, yourself. Oh no, no, myself. You know, there's uh, Adele's Tottenham, Skepta's Tottenham. Yeah. Wretch. Uh, Wretch, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot. There's a lot from Just there. like Bo, really. Just like Bo. All right, here's Not it. that it's a competition. <laughs> I, wish, uh, I wish there was a camera here now. You see the way I face it. Just like Bo, really, isn't it? Not a competition. We've got it though. too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But yeah, so we, I started doing photo shoots again with Mad Teeth and I was like, right, okay, I'm back doing this artist thing again. I'm not really sure whether I want to do this. And the label, of course, weren't telling me to go on baby food like they was in 2011. <laughs> but I felt some of the pressures, maybe it was self-inflicted that I used to feel years ago when being an artist at the forefront. There's a lot more, there's kind of like, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's true. There, there's a lot more pressure yeah. being an artist. Like yeah. there's a, apart from the schedule, apart from anything, when you letting the baby out, yeah, because uh, your yeah. face is attached to it and you are attached to it, it can be of a course. lot more pressure than sending the song off who, and, and no it, one knows it's you totally. and it's either great or it's not, not and it doesn't matter yeah you know so a hundred percent and i think yeah. uh the only reason by the way i signed to rca was because um i got a beat sent through to me from someone from a label and they was like do you want to write a top line wrote the top line went and went to sony rca and they was like this is sick like so are you going to release it under a name and we were like yeah we'll release it under fair enough and then david stewart <laughs> had the name mad teeth since he was a kid and we was like let's just do this as like a production trio yeah. thing. Like, Why, not? Why not? Like your rudimental, like yeah. your disclosure, like your clean bandit. Yeah. The thing is we had to make a decision. Are we going to give all to this or are we? And at the time I knew the Jonas Brothers song 
fingers crossed, touch like God willing, I thought at the time it's going to be big, and and it and it was. So, oh, so 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 you did know that it was going then. Um, no, there no? was other things yeah. bubbling, like the Haley Steinfeld song. Um, okay. a lot of I think I just had to make a choice, a clear choice, whether I wanted to do the artist thing and pursue that one hundred and ten percent and be on the road and go to Tomorrowland and do all of these dance festivals or continue writing songs and hopefully and reach in Rihanna and Bieber. And I chose songwriting, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I chose the songwriting. You're like, I've been there, done that. Yeah. It could be a great experience, but... And you know what? Yeah. For the for the year and a half that I was part of Mad Teeth, like doing Tomorrowland and the dance festivals, I was just like, that is another string to my bow and that is incredible, yeah. writing dance music. And we did an amazing single with Kidda Cuds, who's a Nigerian artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was played on radio. And again, it was just part of the story, part like bubbling yeah. away of where I was meant to get to. Did you, um, did Dave, uh, is it Dave or David? David, yeah. Did David say to you at the end of any of those shows, but you don't want it, Jess? No. <laughs> <laughs> David didn't want to be on the road. He'd been on the road doing arena tours for five years with Example. So yeah, he was see, like, yeah. I don't want to go back on the road with Mad Teeth. So if you want to go and do that with Stigmatic, um, you can do that, but I'm not going to be part of this trio doing lives, which you yeah. can totally respect. Oh no, yeah, he's done that for five years. It takes energy. Yeah, yeah. It takes energy, yeah. and he was he's in a part of his career where he's doing production for the biggest US artists there are. So you either choose one or the other. Same as Stigmatic, he has got an incredible artist project nice. of his own. So he was like, "Am I diluting that by then doing this Mad Teeth?" Yeah. project i think the important thing with music i don't know but i think i think as long as it t- stays light-hearted and true to what exactly. you want to do in your yeah. heart yeah totally that's the key to doing good yeah. music i think the second i think what's been good in what you've been doing is the second it feels like do you know what? this is a bit too much having the strength to say do you know mm. what i'm gonna because a lot of people just jump at the opportunity yeah completely. just go just go i'm tomorrow land forever yeah you of know? course yeah but to have the strength to say, do you know what? I'm still going to, because songwriting can on the surface sound yeah. more boring than yeah, totally. touring the world and being, yeah. you know, but although maybe it's age, maybe if you were 17 or 16, you say, no, Tomorrowland. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think for me, it was so weird because the moment that mentally I decided, right, we're not doing that anymore. And we sat down as a trio and decided that there was like three uh, singles that I've got coming out in the US in like really short amount of time. Boom. And then the Jonas Brothers one came around really quickly. Boom. And um, Wendy Goldstein, the head of Republic Records, oh, Wendy, yeah. is of course like- She's brilliant. Yeah, uh, responsible for Ariana Grande yeah. and The Weeknd yeah. and Nicki Minaj. Anything huge. She's responsible <laughs> she, she's for. There, yeah. um, and the Jonas Brothers. So when it got to them and they recorded it straight away and they was like, yeah, we're taking this song. And it was a song that me and David had wrote in his, in like his spot in Made a Vow nice. at his studio. I'm like, do you know what? Huge, huge artists are willing to take songs in the US. They've not got that thing where they want to be in the song. Is it successful? Is it going to be a hit for them? So they took that. And then from that, Hayley was like, I've also got an artist called Hayley Steinfeld. I love Hayley Steinfeld. I think she's incredible. You said that? Wendy. Oh, Wendy, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then me and David got a song to her that we wrote with Griff, uh, a young artist assigned to Warner as well. And that was her single. And then we've got another one coming out with Wendy, um, I think towards the end of this year. Nice. And then we just got confirmed yesterday, a big single that's coming out in three weeks time in America. Beautiful. So nice. That's what it's about. I literally went, because I still carried on working and I was still working at the bank. So I literally went from working at the bank so on Friday. What Friday. I was doing, I worked for a- Why are you laughing? <laughs> I wasn't nicking their money, Lamar. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what I was doing, I had a mask, right? And some black and white stripes. I was running in at midnight. No, I was working for a commercial real estate team. Okay. So I went from, say, work on the Friday and at the Sundays, I was watching the Jonas Brothers perform a song I co-wrote at the Grammys <laughs> on the Sunday. Nice. So I was like, in 48 hours, my life has changed. Yeah. And then people would be like, isn't it mad how quickly it all happens? Like I'm in a taxi in LA in Beverly Hills and I can hear what a man got to do on the radio. I look nice. up and it's on, a, it's on a billboard on my daily run. But two days ago I was working 
And yeah, someone said, it's crazy how quick it happens. And I'm like, it's crazy how quick it happened. But it t- took me forever, nearly yeah. 15 years to get. Yeah, to they this used to point. say, what's that saying? It's like, it takes, well, no, you've got your whole lifetime to write your first hit. And then exactly. you've got about two hours to write all the ones after yeah, that because yeah. it, it, you yeah, know, totally. need it. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's, it's been an incredible journey to that point. And I think um, rather than going to LA and then getting lost in the moment, I think it actually did the opposite. It really humbled me yeah. because- uh, when, when you went with the Jonas Brothers? Jonas Brothers, yeah. yeah I think because I see them sell out Hollywood Palladium and then I watch them on the Grammys and then I met with all of the label execs out there and then they took a few other songs and other things come from it and I signed it to BMI, um, which was incredible and they're obviously based in America. And it just made me realize that actually this is just the start for me. And it always is just the start if you wanna carry on in music and you've still got the passion and you've still got the love for it. It always is just the start. Every new project, every new artist you work with or every new idea that you've got in any creative field, it's just the start of an organic idea. So rather than get away with the clouds in the success of, oh my God, it's just gone platinum. No, you just got to keep on, head down. No, it it actually humbled me. It humbled me because I was like, okay, I've just watched it on the Grammys. What next? I need another one now. Yeah. And that was was it. Yeah, that's good. So that's where you are now? So where I am now is, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. I've just kept writing. Um, uh, Started Rita Ora's new project last week, which is incredible. Nice. And I'm hoping- Wait, wait, Ora, that's Rita Ora. Yeah. For those people who can't, I'll just translate. Rita Ora. Working with an incredible artist called Claudia Valentina that signed to Wendy Goldstein at Republic. Um, And she had like a bidding war over every single label. She was hot property. Everyone wanted to sign her. Um, So everyone was calling me from label executives to managers, just trying to get an input. And she's not, she's only just released a first single. Nice. How how old, like how old, what's her vibe? How old is she? um, She's incredible. She's originally from Guernsey. Um, I don't know why I didn't think you were going to say Guernsey. All right. Guernsey, um, Guernsey girl. She's now living in London. Nice. And she is, I would say dark pop. So dark pop, pop, as in her lyricism and conceptually is a little bit left. Okay. Um, She's not scared to be a heartbreaker, not scared to have attitude and balls for like a 19 year old girl. And she's got a beautiful voice and she's managed by tap management. They've obviously got Lana, Del Rey, Dua Lipa. So she's with the best team. So we've got a song coming out in August on Republic Records. So there's a lot going on, but I still feel like um, more, 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 more. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That's good. And I will never be an artist again. I just want to be a songwriter now. And never. I'm not going to do any record label deals for, no. Never say never. Someone might say, do you know what? what, what say, look, in 10 years time. I can't see it. No, 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 no. 10 years time, right? A label says, do you know what? You've done so many good songs, right? A la Wayne Hector. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you can, actually, Wayne can sing as well though. Yeah. You can sing. Why not do an album of just your hits? Start with Jonas Brothers. All the way up to whatever songs you've written That's by then. That's a good idea. Who That's knows? That's a good idea. Never said, don't write Love it off. Love that concept. World, world, look out. You're going to see yeah. Jessica Agomba, longer name, <laughs> uh, in the future. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. All right. Well, um, Jess, thank you for, for talking to me. This was like, this is your life, wasn't it? This is like... <laughs> This is your life. I feel like I've just had therapy. Hold on, in, in the bag over there, I've got a red book. I'll give it to you in a second. Oh, thank you your so name much. Jessica Do you need Agomba. a cup of tea after that? I do need a cup of tea I'm after so this. I'm so sorry. Nice, no, right. Uh, thanks for, for doing this. This has been good fun. I knew you'd be be a good chat. Thank you for having me, Lamar. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm so sorry you're sitting on a garden chair. Uh, no, no, you didn't need to say that. Now now everyone knows I, I, I was on a garden chair. Anyway, right. Cool. <laughs> the think we need to help her if anyone knows where the agomba surname comes from uh, please do get in touch i'll pass on the info to jessica hopefully her story today gave you some motivation to make a decision maybe that you've felt undecided about follow your gut somehow you'll always land on your feet
This podcast wouldn't work without you guys listening. So thank you so much for checking in again. If you like today's show, please do subscribe. And if you can, take a moment to rate this podcast on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference. I appreciate you and your time. If you've got any questions or suggestions for the show or for me myself, feel free to email me. If you're an artist or a producer and you need some help or you just want to be pointed in the right direction, feel free to email me. It's Lamar at thelamarshow.com. That's Lamar, L-E-M-A-R at thelamarshow.com. Uh, all right. I think that was a good one. I'll catch you next week. Peace.